Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Yes, it's back with snazzy new music and three new teams. The Ultimate Premier League preview show where we look in detail at every single weekend Premier League game. TalkSport football correspondent Alex Crook is here. Hello. And the man with a deep voice and a deep love of football. Assistant editor of The Mirror, Darren Lewis is here. Hello. Hello there. Uh, so much to get to, including a new look for Friday nights and Mondays on TalkSport. This is the Game Day podcast. Yes, we are back in a big way. Are you ready for a brand new season? All new game day. Same old football. Yes, uh, hello to Darren Lewis. You okay? I'm feeling funky, getting ready for the new season. Oh, yeah. And uh, Crookie, you okay? Good. I'm good. Excited. You're so excited that you decided to do the podcast outside in the uh, back garden today. So taking it massively seriously. Topping up the tan. Yes. Uh, Darren Lewis, have you frozen? Have I frozen? Yeah. Can you hear me now? You're back you now. Me? You're back. Yeah, you're back. You're back. You're back. No, no, that's such a, uh, this is a really secure line, so I don't understand why that's doing that. Uh, uh, are you um, a, when you say sec, when you say secure line? Are you some sort of spy or something? <laughs> huh? I'm just saying that it's 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 a very it's a, I don't I don't understand why it did that just yeah? there. It's just a little but glitch, just a glitch. It's just a glitch. Don't it's worry about glitch. it. Are you looking it's forward still. to the new season, Darren Lewis? I really am. Um, there are so many subplots. I think it's going to be the toughest title race and race for the top four we've probably ever seen. And I think that all of the other subplots make it such a fascinating, uh, what, nine, ten months. And of course, we've got the World Cup halfway through. It's going to be brilliant. Okay, quick fire questions for you then, before we get into our previews. Uh, Champions, Crook. Manchester City. Darren. Liverpool, more depth, more quality, and they won't have a December like they had last season. Okay, I'm going for Liverpool as well. Missing out on the top four, one team to miss out on the top four. Crook. Chelsea. I'm going Man United. Darren? Absolutely Man United. Absolutely. Um, relegated. Your three teams to go down. Darren, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I think Everton. I, I, sorry to say. Whoa. But I think there isn't enough quality there. Um, they don't have enough goals in them. They don't have enough at the back. Um, and there are lots of obviously related problems. I think Bournemouth will go down. 
Again, good players, honest pros, but not enough depth or quality. And I think it could be a quick difficult fire. Quick fire. season at Forest. <laughs> quick fire. Okay, Forest, really? Okay, interesting. Alex Crook. Bournemouth, Everton and Fulham. Okay, I'm going for Bournemouth, Fulham and Southampton. Um, first gaffer gone. Who are you going to go for, Darren? I, I I think Everton, but not because I think they'll sack Lampard. I think he'll walk away. Oh, right. Okay, Crook. Scott Parker. Ooh, really? Because he has had a little bit of a jive, hasn't he, about the fact that he hasn't had enough players. Um, I'm going to go for Brendan. Rogers. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, I've hardly signed anyone, have they? Right, okay, we've got loads of previews to get into. I'm so excited. I might even go against the Ronaldo rules and stay all the way to the end. Uh, so let's start with our first live matches of the season. And now we're ready to go. Game day returns to your radio and it's bigger and bolder than ever before. Volleyed in quite superbly by Zaha. And Palace find themselves in front. And the first goal for Arsenal, Bukayo Saka with yet another magic moment. We have created expectations that this club deserves and this club has to be. Alexandra Mitrovic is a record breaker. Fulham have seven. And the diving header is in from Our target is to play the best possible season for us. What can we squeeze out? Let's see. Really looking forward to it. Tottenham are level and Harry Kane has done what he does best. To build you need time and to, you need patience. You need to invest a lot of money. The return of game day. The return of the Premier League. Friday night, 8 o'clock, live on TalkSport. It's Crystal Palace against Arsenal. Arsenal have had a great summer. And apart from the release of All or Nothing, which I started binge-watching this morning. <laughs> um, and the Gunners fans are getting excited. And so they should. They've uh, smashed through Orlando, Nuremberg, Everton, Sevilla, Chelsea and Ipswich in pre-season. Jesus scored more goals in five games than Lacazette managed all of last season. Um, so they're not going to start like they did last campaign, are they, Darren? No, they're not. They're going to be really good to watch. They've got more depth, more quality, more cutting edge. I watched them in America. They looked superb. As you say, Jesus looks to be the striker they've been crying out for for quite some time. He will get 20 goals this season, I have no doubt. And I think that Arsenal are going to be a force to be reckoned with over the next 10 months. I have a little doubt about 20 league goals, um, bearing in mind that only... Why? Well, only 15 players across Europe's top five leagues managed 20 or more last season. So you have to be very, very, very good. And that really can I come team. back on that? Of course because you can. I think as far as Jesus is concerned, he's a proven winner. He's got the experience of playing under a top manager. Listen, sometimes we can go by what's on paper, but I watched him in the flesh and it wasn't just the positions that he was taking up. It was his opportunity to take chances when they came. He's got a good... I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because on the one hand, I say, look, 
the games in preseason don't mean anything. But you can get a sense of where players are confidence-wise, fitness-wise, and what their attitude is like as well. And for me, he looks like a guy who is going to bamboozle defenders this season. I think he will be among that 15 that get 20 goals. I, I agree with you in terms of I think he's going to have a good season. I think he's going to be the main man at Arsenal. He will score goals. I just think that 20 is a stretch for pretty much everyone, unless, unless you are the very very elite. Uh, Arsenal did average 17.6 shots per game in pre-season, which is really high, um, which suggests they will score quite a few goals. All they need now is to finish off some of those chances that they actually created quite readily last season, Crook. Can I, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I know I'm, I'm gonna, this is seasons. I'm going to be disruptive just like last season. Forgive oh, me. God. But you said unless you're among the elite, he's won the Premier League four times and he plays for Brazil. He's Jimmy Traore won the Champions League. Doesn't make him elite. Yeah, Traore won the Champions League once. Jesus won the Premier League four times. His numbers stack up. Well, if, if, you, if you, if it, okay, I'm just saying that you know it takes a lot to get 20 goals, and if you've got yeah. 20 goals before in the Premier League, then fair enough. I think you can describe yourself as elite. Until you do, I don't think as a striker you can. And he has been in the Premier League for three, four seasons. How many times he's got 20 league goals? And we move on. Right, okay. He didn't have regular first team football like he will be getting at <laughs> okay. Arsenal. He was a bit part player at. Uh, he, he arrived when Aguero was there. I'm not he sure was, bit part's the right description, but no, I think he was. He was. He was. He was a substitute. Okay, was, well, listen. Good luck to him. I want him to score a lot of goals. I think he's going to be good. I just think twenty is a lot, and the statistics bear that out. Let's see. Uh, disruptive already. Christ. We're only on the we're first game. We're going to be here till like nine, nine, nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say. Do you need me, or should I go and make a cup of tea? Uh, <laughs> to be fair, we don't know whether you can. You make a cup of tea where you are. You look like you're outside. Um, okay. Um, few injuries for Arsenal. Fabio Vieira. Uh, Sierra, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, Tomiyasu, Tierney, all unfit for the opener, Crook. Now, there's a surprise. Um, I, I think that's a big part of the, the reason they brought Zinchenko in. I, I think ideally he wants to play in midfield. That's where he will be best utilised. But obviously when Tierney isn't fit, he can offer cover uh, a left back as well. I think they've had a really good window, Arsenal. I have to say I've been a bit surprised by the level of spending. I thought having been the biggest spenders in the top five European leagues last summer and still not uh, qualify for the Champions League. I wondered if the owners might pull back the funding a bit. They haven't done that. I think Mikel Arteta's got no excuses this season. I think he's got the players he wants. Um, he's got that young uh, crop of stars that did so well for most of last season. And I think the top four is the minimum expectation. Obviously, the reason this game has been picked to open the season is because the TV companies and us at TalkSport are hoping that we get a repeat of a year ago when they were undercooked against Brentford started the season with three successive defeats. I don't think that will happen on Friday night. I think, actually, in terms of, of relegation, they won't go down, but I think Crystal Palace will have a more difficult season than they did last year. They've not done enough for me in the transfer window. I don't know if Wilfred Zaha will still be a Crystal Palace player come September the 1st. He's into the last year of his contract. And I think there are suitors for him. If they were to lose him, I think it would be a really tough season. And they've already lost Conor Gallagher. And as I say, just haven't done enough in the window for me. So I think this is uh, this is a chance for Arsenal to get off to a winning start and for their new signings to make a statement. Just to clarify for those uh, Arsenal fans that are rapidly tweeting TalkSport about the selection of Friday night's game, it's absolutely nothing to do with us. We didn't choose to do 
Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. We are not hoping for a repeat of last year. Uh, actually, it was yes, the TV, it was the TV companies that decided to book the uh, the fixture. We just get that slot because we picked up Friday nights now. But anyway, look what we what we really want is a good game. And Crystal Palace did give Arsenal a good game last season, didn't they? Uh, but there was uh, no uh, overhaul at the Palace. That was uh, that was last year's summer. I think that was Patrick Vieira last. June and July, putting his stamp on the on the squad. This summer, can they build on that success? Because they've got a very tough start with Arsenal, then Liverpool, and as Crook says, they've lost a key driving force in midfield. Well, we were saying the same things uh, about the tough task facing Brentford last year, and they managed to pull off the victory. I wouldn't underestimate uh, Palace. Yes, they lost. They've got a big Conor Gallagher-shaped hole in midfield, but they've signed a Mali international, Czech de Koury. Uh, they've strengthened at the back as well. Chris Richards has come in from uh, Bayern Munich. Um, they've also got uh, the England goalkeeper, uh, Sam Johnston, to provide competition for Vicente Guaita. Um I think they've still got a solid base to work with under Patrick Vieira and what they will not be as outworked. I think he will get them really in Arsenal's faces and I think this will be a tighter game than people might imagine. Uh, Saturday lunchtime, 12.30, it's Fulham against Liverpool. That's also live on TalkSport. Any other team that scored 106 goals and boasts the most prolific striker in championship history would not be anywhere near the relegation conversation. Why are Fulham, Darren? Because they are a team that have come up uh, having done well in the level below them. And yes, the last time they were in the Premier League, they were exposed, they were unravelled. They didn't really have any defensive shape. They brought in too many players. And we now need to find out whether they've learned the lessons of that. I'm not quite sure they have. But that said, Marco Silva himself has a point to prove. And he will have learned a lot from his last two clubs in the Premier League. So I, I think he'll give it a good go, but I'm not really optimistic about their chances. Um, Kenny Tete, Tim Ream, Tosin Odorabayu, Anthony Robertson, Robinson. Um, Liverpool's hungry forwards are getting plenty of uh, fantasy teams uh, sniffing around them this week, aren't they? I mean, they're ready to devour that defence. Yep, Salah is, is wearing the captain's armband for my team. I think he's looked really sharp in pre-season, despite suggestions from somebody on this podcast that maybe his disappointing end to the last campaign could limp into this one. I think defensively, we know that Fulham have got problems. Marco Silva has been quite public about the fact that he wants uh, reinforcements. They've tried to sign uh, Issa Diop and, and Eric Bailly. No movement on either of those at the moment. I think Bernd Leno is a really good ad- addition between the six because the goalkeeping department has been somewhere they've struggled in their last couple of Premier League campaigns as well. I think they're better equipped this time um, to make it a decent fight of staying up, but I don't necessarily have a great deal of faith in the manager, to be honest. And for me, that's why I'm tipping them to go down. But as uh, Darren said, he would have learnt from the 17 jobs that he's already had. <laughs> Huh? Huh? Yeah, listen, you, you learn from every new experience. And but He's had quite a few. He has, but he just doesn't fill me with confidence that he has what it takes to keep Fulham in the Premier League. Did I he think smile Mitrovic... when they got promoted, by the way? Did anyone see that? 
<laughs> more of a scowl, I think. Um, but I think Mitrovic will score more goals this season um, than when he was last in the Premier League. I think he'll be given more of a chance than he was under Scott Park. OK, Liverpool look like they've spent two weeks running up and down mountains since they got fleeced by United on tour which is exactly what they have been doing. And Klopp wants them to harness their disappointment at only winning two trophies last year, uh, Darren. They, they looked absolutely sensational on Saturday when I was at the King Power Stadium. They did. And the performance, particularly from Nunes, was a reminder not to get carried away by reactionaries on social media uh, after training exercises in pre-season because Darwin Nunes' record stands up in terms of scoring goals all over the pitch. They looked energised, they looked uh, efficient, they looked like a side that were hungry to bounce back from last season. People forget it was just a dodgy December where they had a few injuries and COVID caught up with them. That cost them. And had they won two of the games in that December, they'd have won the league. So I think as far as they are concerned, yes, there's no Sadio Mane, but Diaz will be better for the six months he's had in the Premier League already. We'll see more of Harvey Elliott. We'll see more of Fabio Carvalho. And I think Liverpool this season will be a force to be reckoned with. West Ham take on Manchester City 4.30 on Sunday. The champions defending their title at a place where they have struggled recently. Yes, that's right. Because Manchester City have drawn their last three visits to the London Stadium. I texted a West Ham fan this week and said, I think they'll give you, you know, give them a good game this weekend. He said, no chance. Uh, they're missing Urgard, uh, their new central defender, but they have added attacking spice in Gianluca Scamacca. Um, the problem is, is that he's not going to be ready, is he, Crook? No, uh, not from what I'm hearing. I think he's still uh, getting up to, to match sharpness. I'm sure he'll be part of the squad, um, but I think it's going to be a while before uh, West Ham fans see the best of him. They're a strange club, West Ham, uh, with the way that they've operated this summer. They've they've obviously... They're not the only showed, ones, mate. Don't worry. Well, but they've showed ambition. Um, but they seem to keep you turning on deals. And maybe Darren Lewis has got information um, on this. But they finally had a bid accepted this week um, for the, the midfielder, Amadou Onana. And now as we record this on Thursday morning, I'm hearing that West Ham are actually ready to pull the plug uh, on that deal because they believe the whole package to include agents' fees and, and wage demands is possibly more than they're willing to pay for a player who's only played 32 games in the French league. But you do wonder why they've spent so much time and energy on a deal to then be willing to walk away at the last minute. Same thing happened um, with Arno Danjuma at Villarreal earlier in the summer. The owners were really keen to sign him. David Moyes wasn't. So at the moment, it just, just doesn't seem to be too much joined up thinking um, at West Ham. Obviously, Kostic has, has turned them down as well, so they're still looking to strengthen on that left-hand side. I think Maxwell Cornet uh, may well uh, be the, the solution they're looking for, but I just don't really know where to place West Ham this season. Darren? Well, the interesting thing about West Ham is that in a, in a game that is full of um, financial mismanagement, they're actually trying to live within their means. And I think because of where they are, in relation to the size of the club some and their aspirations. Some players, some agents, some other clubs maybe try to take advantage of them and they want not to be held to ransom. I think you've partly answered your own question in relation to Onana. He hasn't played that, you know, he hasn't got a long celebrated um, record in the French League and yet 
you know, everyone seems to want big money for him and they are trying not to be held to ransom. The other problem that West Ham have is that even though they aspire to big players, they wanted Calvin Phillips, for example, in January, he's ended up at Man City. When you are a club of that size and you want big players, what you have to do is wait until the big kahunas in the Premier League do their business. Then you can start to look for players yourself. It's the way of the world. Yeah, they so, uh, they were close to getting Luis Diaz. Well, they did a deal with Porto for Luis Diaz, exactly. but then he realised that he wanted to play in the Champions League, so there was no chance of him getting there. Um, I, I think they can probably cause Pep's uh, side a bit of trouble because they are a dogged team. I did see that they, they played Declan Rice as a left-sided centre-back in a three the other day in pre-season, which is uh, interesting, interesting going They're forward. worried about that on the left-hand side. Yeah. yeah, but that, and also, you know, preseason is the time. If you're ever going to do it, it's preseason where you can experiment and see what happens, see if it works, see if it doesn't. We set too much store sometimes by what we see in preseason. There was a time when nobody knew what happened in preseason. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's an Arsenal guy talking about Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. I was going to say. No, 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 but that's different. But that's different. Why is that different? I, I said to you, I said to you, that I said to you, in in some instances, it's very different. None of us are, are going when to say. When it fits the argument, yeah? <laughs> are you really going to sit there and say that? I'm I just teasing. I'm just having fun. I'm so excited about a new season. All right, you see, I, and you've got me on the hook, see? Yeah, but see? Yeah, hold on, I, I, I'm like, I'm like Alison. I'm like Alison. I'm, I'm in the Alps. I've just caught a massive fish. I'm reeling it in. Come on, baby. Um, let's talk a little bit about Manchester uh, City because of the main headline act uh, of the weekend is Erling Haaland, isn't it? I imagine that uh, within a couple of weeks, those who judge the 86 in 89 uh, Dortmund striker on his community shield chain will be crawling back into their shell. Crook? He almost guarantees goals, but I think at the moment, um, what we saw in that community shield, and it's a glorified pre-season friendly, so again, we won't take too much into it, but he didn't seem to be quite on the same wavelength. Well, the, the other City players didn't seem to be quite on his wavelength. Yeah. He made some brilliant runs that went unspotted. And I think there will be a lot of work being done on the, on the training ground to make sure they are operating in tandem. When it clicks, I think it will be quite a formidable combination. But that might just mean that this weekend, maybe it's the, the best time to be facing Manchester City um, and Erling Haaland. Alvarez looks a player, doesn't he, Darren? He really does. He really does with his uh, ability. And, and I was saying last season, didn't I? You know, people talked all about Haaland and they never really spoke about Alvarez, which probably helped him because there was no real pressure or fanfare around him. The only thing I remember saying this last season, that it, it might well be that Liverpool have provided the blueprint for other clubs in terms of how to deal with Haaland. He clearly is exceptional. I'm not interested in people who say it's shown that he's just this or that. You know, He's a fantastic player, yeah. but he can't hurt you if he doesn't get the ball. And I think a lot of clubs might try to just deny him that supply, uh, prevent City's players from finding either of him or Alvarez. That might be their best route to getting any kind of joy out of City. Obviously, easier said than done, but you could see how frustrated he was. And then when that chance came right at the end, he couldn't take it. He was unlucky more than anything to do with quality, yeah. but he's going to be, he's a fine player. Obviously. He is a fine player. Uh, I do think they're a little bit light though, don't you? When you look through their squad, there's just, it doesn't seem to be like, I mean, they've got some good youngsters that are coming through. I think Grealish will need to step up this season if they're going to retain the title and produce more than six goals and four assists like he did last season. Um, they, they just seem to be, I don't know, it's just not enough heft in the squad. Now they've let 
one or two go. But maybe we'll see over the course of the season some of those youngsters really competing for a place in the team. Yeah, Pep's been very good, doesn't he? Knowing exactly when to blood um, young players. And, and you're right, they do have some exciting uh, prospects in the building. We know they want a left-sided um, defender. It won't be Mark Kukurea now, so I'm sure there's a, a plan B for Manchester City. But apart from that, I don't think we're going to see too much investment in the squad uh, between now and the end of the window. And again, it's a strange summer where they seem to have weakened their squad depth and strengthened rivals by allowing Raheem Sterling to go to Chelsea, Zinchenko and Jesus to Arsenal. It's not usually the Manchester City way, but that just tells me that Pep Guardiola is very confident in the players that he does have at his disposal. And they doesn't just see Chelsea that, and Arsenal um, as rivals? Maybe. Just to add to that, what you were just saying, though, Joshua Esbrand Wilson at left back, one of the younger players, he did have a good pre-season. It could be that we see more of him. Pre-season? Oh, the pre-season doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about the results, not necessarily the performances. Because I think as far as he is concerned, there were some good signs from him and he's highly thought of by the club. And I'll be interested to see whether he um, is part of the first team picture this season. Saturday at three o'clock, Tottenham Hotspur against Southampton is live on TalkSport 2. Antonio Conte has bent Daniel Levy's arm up his back and whispered conspiratorially in his ear, give me all your money. And Levy has walked to the cash point, drawn out his readies and brought in Richarlison, Basuma, Spence, Longley, and the best free transfer of pre-season possibly, not the pre-season counts, in Ivan Perisic. Uh, many think that they will go uh, and bust the gut and run the pace at as close. Can you see that? I can if it all clicks. Um, I, I do think in a lot of those signings, they come with risk attached, um, but I have faith in Antonio Conte. Darren what? has incredible faith in Antonio Conte. Well, Jed Spence clearly comes with risk attached. There's two Middlesbrough managers who haven't wanted him anywhere near the Riverside Stadium. There's a reason for that. Just got promoted to uh, the Premier League with Nottingham Forest. Had a brilliant season. Big step up from the top end of the Championship to playing Champions League football. The fact that Darren thinks Nottingham Forest will go straight back down again, I think probably highlights that. Fraser Forster is a backup goalkeeper. Not sure he's necessarily the type of character that you want in the building. Same with Richarlison. We've said this. If he's not playing games, he's quite a sulky character. So, listen, I think they've had a good window. I don't think it's been as great a window as people are making out. But they have an elite manager in Antonio Conte and that gives me faith that it will all be fine and Tottenham will be guaranteed a place in the top four and will be a lot closer uh, to Liverpool and Manchester City than they were last season. Riker, you turned direction more than Darren has over the course of the podcast over pre-season in about 30 seconds. Um, But anyway, uh, Darren, um, Richarlison won't be playing uh, in the first couple of games of the season because he's suspended, of course. uh, But he will be available within a couple of weeks and he seems like a good acquisition. A lot of pressure taken off Harry Kane by their signings over the course of the last couple of windows. Um, But um, I think Crook's being a little bit disingenuous because after all, it doesn't matter who they sign. If you can make Victor Moses a a title winner at right wing back, then you're a pretty damn good coach. The the, the fabulous thing about what you were saying, Crook, is that you are questioning the transfer wisdom of a guy who's won the league with his last three clubs. And that takes some doing. Um, I look at all of <laughs> you know, Professional you, you controversialist. <laughs> you know, all of the 
players that you have mentioned have merits as to why Spurs have signed them. They were all sought after. If a player is a key player, like Spence was in the promotion campaign of Forest and he wasn't wanted by the other managers, then that's a failure of those managers rather than Spence because clearly there is ability and consistency to be unlocked and they were unable to do it. You're talking about steps up from the championship. A certain Andy Robertson made the step up from relegated Hull and is one of the best left backs, not just at Liverpool, but in Europe. And I think as far as Bissouma is concerned, he was one of the most sought after midfielders in the Premier League for the last couple of seasons. Perisic has been a title winner under Conte at Inter Milan. Do I need to go on? or, or do you, I mean, it's just I look at Spurs and I look at the transfer business for the club that's done early. It's unheard of. It's a huge gear change as far as they're concerned because Again, they normally wait until the big clubs have done their business and they yeah. root around the bargain basement. And Conte has said, I'm a winner. I'm not here to challenge for the top four. I want a go at the title. Now, obviously, that's a huge ask. It's a huge ask. I'm not suggesting they're going to overhaul City, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were a lot closer because they've got the depth because they've got the quality, Richarlison still to come in, Bissouma won't be ready, he'll come in, they've got depth in midfield now, Longley's there with the experience of a winning, huge club at Barcelona, Spurs will be serious players this season. Um, of course, um, their home form was pretty good under Antonio Conte, um, unlike Arsenal, Arsenal's away form was terrible, and Arsenal start away and Tottenham start at home, so Tottenham uh, will be looking forward to getting a really good start against the Southampton team, who fell off a cliff, last year crook um but they took four points off spurs last season if i remember rightly and any hope that they will score a goal this season or if they do score a goal hold on to a lead this season is that is that possible well, they're still looking for a season striker uh, my understanding is they've got a fairly substantial pot of cash put by for that but at the moment um they don't appear to be close to anyone uh, I guess it just shows how difficult it is, particularly for clubs lower down the food chain, to, to find that that proven goal scorer. We know the Southampton policy this summer. It's investing in young players that they hope can hit the ground running and can then be sold on for a profit down the line. I think it's a brave strategy from Southampton. I think that they spent £50 million this summer, which just wouldn't have happened um, under the previous regime. So I think that will give the fans confidence. But for me, the best piece of business is keeping hold of James Ward-Prowse. We know there's been interest from West Ham, but because they are building such a young side, I think you need all the experience that you can get. He's a leader. He's the captain we know all about his set piece capabilities there's much more to his game than that mm. and I think Southampton will have a better season than some people you Sam are expecting if they can get that missing piece in the I'm really excited about Gavin Bazunu, the goalkeeper okay interesting that you say that they've spent 50 million pounds and like that some sort of like you know badge of honor uh, of course Norwich spent 50 million pounds last year as well um, yeah, but they spent it on players for the championship I don't think Southampton have done that well, Gavin Bazuna was a League One goalkeeper last year. He will be one of the world's best goalkeepers well, in the next and, and I five hope, years. And I hope that that's the case, but he's still very young to play in the Premier League on a regular basis. How old is he? Uh, he's 20, I think. And he's got how much Premier League experience? None. See, it is, it is a gamble, isn't it? It is a gamble. It, it, and it, and the guy who's going to play up front, Maya, is it Maya or Mara? Who is it? Mara. Mara. Yeah. How, how old is he? Uh, he is a teenager as well. I think he's 19. Um, How but much he there cost? have been 
comparisons drawn with Hugo Ekatiko. We know he's on the radar of, of some of the biggest clubs in, in Europe this summer for him. So that's a, that's an intriguing one. And they're really confident that uh, Romeo Lavia in midfield, another teenager, uh, will be able to have a, a really good season. So listen, I'm fascinated by the project. If it goes wrong, it could be a disaster. I hope for them it goes right because for the first time in a few years, they have a clear plan in, in the transfer window and they, they've been able to execute that. Again, Ralph Hasen has no excuses. He's got his own backroom team. He's got the young players that he wanted. He always wanted to work with it with a young squad. So it's up to him to go out and do the job. Well, listen. Oh, by the way, I saw Norwich on Saturday. They were rubbish even in the championship. Um, Some of those players. Stop Sergeant. it now. Stop it now. Honestly, just Rashid, leave it. Sir, just, terrible just, footballers. Just, just back off on Norwich, okay? And listen, I hope Southampton actually the project works because I think I always say this I think Southampton are one of those football clubs that should be bigger than they actually are because they've got a great catchment area they've got a great stadium they've historically got like a good sort of training ground and and process of bringing players through so I hope it works for them I'm a bit sceptical about it Um, yeah uh, look Spurs were imperious towards the end of last season do we think that Kane is going to still hit the goal-scoring heights of previous years, or is he slightly different now, especially with the other weapons that are available to Tottenham, Son and and uh, Kudasevsky and Richarlison? Are we expecting him to uh, be up there in the goal-scoring charts, or uh, is he going to is he going to adapt slightly, Darren? I think this will be one of his best ever seasons. Wow! I think that. Yeah, I really do. I look at him in preseason in terms of his fitness. Um, everyone saw that footage of the players running until they dropped. Uh, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure it's a great advert, is it? You know, like we worked so hard, we started throwing up everywhere. I mean, is that, is that healthy? Well, you, you, is that healthy? Do you know, during the summer, I spoke to Patrice Evra, um, who played for Conti um, at Juventus, and he talked about a similar preseason there. Um, and Juventus players talk about a similar preseason under him when he was there. And obviously, as you know, they came from what's around about 30 points off the pace to win the league in his first season. And they retained the league, uh, I think, the following two or three seasons. So what we know is that he gets players fit. And yes, the methods might be a bit extreme, but they work given that he's won the league at his last three clubs. I think as far as the Spurs players are concerned, there were lots of matches where they conceded goals late and they lost their concentration in those matches. That won't be the case this time around. But just to answer your question about Kane, I think he's fitter. I think he'll be managed better. I think think there'll be a lot of games where he used to play under previous managers where he won't, you know, pointless games like FA Cup third round ties and, you know, meaningless European ties that where, where they've already qualified. Out of his I choice. Conte, yeah, yeah, out of his choice, but I think that needs strong management. Mm. And I think we'd all agree that, you know, when it comes down to whether he wants to play or Conte wants him to play, Conte is the most important person at that football I agree, right and now. that's the thing that for me that makes me think he might not get to the level of goals that he has got over the course no, of the last few no, years. No, 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 I disagree. Hold on, can I finish? He Literally. will play him in the box. He will he will stop him from playing games he doesn't have to play and he'll take him off early whether he likes it or not so he can keep his legs fresh and he will not have the number of injuries that he's had in previous seasons. What I was going to say was is that he will not be picked for those games where he gets three or four against FK Mura in the Europa League conference or whatever it is. So I don't think he will get to the same level of number of goals because he won't be playing in those meaningless games where he scores twos and threes. It might be that he is kept back 
for the big Premier League matches, the huge cup ties, etc., etc. There's matches in the Champions League that really matter. And therefore, maybe his goal output will not be as strong because the level of opposition that he's going to be playing for and, and the number of matches he's going to play is reduced. Anyway, um, Manchester United take on Brighton on Sunday, 2pm, part of the Sunday session. Eric Ten Hag is not a happy boy. Uh, the fact that Ronaldo openly appears to have defied him well, that bodes well, doesn't it? Um, but the key questions are, have they improved the defence and will they score any goals? 57 last season. That's about as useful as a straw in a desert, isn't it? You know, how will they end this goal drought? <laughs> oh, I want to make a case for the defence, but I'm struggling because let's be honest. <laughs> Darren, Darren you can't it's go not- on mute when we're <laughs> laughing at him. That's not right. You've got, to, you've, got, you've got to take yourself off mute to laugh loudly at this. Go on. <laughs> Well, I just didn't want to interrupt him. I've, I've been I've been a bit spiky today, so I was trying to just spiky. give him the opportunity to. Maybe the first um, day of the season. We're going to be like in January. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm excited, and just to tee you up a little bit, Crook. I think the conduct of Ronaldo has been absolutely shameful. Shameful, and for me personally, I, I actually was last week quite optimistic about. United season. I like the way that Ten Hag carries himself, etc., etc. But if you one week before the season begins have to tell one of your biggest players that it's unacceptable to leave a pre-season game before the end at any club, let alone the club of the standing of Manchester United, that says to me there are big problems at your football club. Yeah, but I, I think the problem just is him, bear in mind. Yeah, but I think the problem is, Darren, is, is that they got the same attitude as you. Is that you know preseason doesn't matter. <laughs> preseason results, results. But you know, look, we're being we're being quite frivolous. Obviously, no, it's, it's, outra- it's outrageous, isn't it? Let's be honest. But, it's but it is outrageous yeah, at outrageous. that club. That says to me that there is a lack of respect for yet another manager at Manchester United. I'll, I'll let you pick it up, crew. Yeah, so they should yeah, let him leave, right? right? I think you're dead right um, in terms of lack of respect. I tweeted actually on Sunday night and a number of Manchester United fans apologising for Ronaldo and Samuel. He must have been allowed to leave early. That was never going to be the case because it just sends out such a poor message. And I think you're right, Darren. And again, it's surprising me how many United fans are still starry-eyed at CR7 that can't see it. His conduct this summer has been appalling. This is a time when Manchester United are undergoing the, the most important rebuild in their modern history and their biggest name player is damaging that from within the dressing room. I think he should be sat in the stands on Sunday. I don't think he should be anywhere near the squad. He certainly won't start the game because actually Rashford, Martial and Sancho have done well in pre-season. They've got themselves into the position where they're in the shirts. Should they let him leave? Where's he going to go? Nobody wants him. This is a sad reality of life for Ronaldo. He thought the biggest clubs in Europe would be clamouring for his signature. Yeah. They aren't because he's 37. He doesn't do the running uh, and the pressing that modern managers want. So it's time for him uh, to shut up and put up and prove that he can be part of this Manchester United rebuild. Prove that he loves the club as much as he claims to because in the moment, he is an imposter. It is a very sad state of affairs that someone of his stature in the game has acted with such inelegance and respect to a club Lack that of he class. is supposed to love. And also, the other thing is, is you know, we all know that he's only in it for himself, but it's embarrassing that he's being hawked around the way he's been hawked around over the course of this summer, and no one has even bitten. I mean, you know, there was a, there was, I mean, the Chelsea guy 
obviously had a quick look at him, but um, Thomas Tuchel went, hey, yeah, hold on a second. No, we're not be doing that. Thank you very much. Uh, move on. Um, but look, look, we didn't answer the actual question, was who's going to score the goals? Because that is a that was a problem last year and will remain to be a problem. I mean, Ronaldo got goals last season, but they only got 57 in the entire league, which is not enough. So who is going to get them? Where are they going to come from? Can those three players you mentioned actually chip in with more? I think they can. Um, obviously, the problem with Martial is consistency. There's an incredible talent there. There's no question about that. We all remember that amazing debut goal he scored against Liverpool. We just haven't seen enough of that since. And can Ten Hag get him performing on a consistent basis? That's going to be a test of his management. I think Rashford will have a better season. He can't have a worse one, let's be honest. I think Sancho will uh, be in a better position, having had a year to get used to the adaptation from the Bundesliga to the Premier League. And I have respect for what Eric Ten Hag is trying to do again you can't read too much into pre-season but the intensity is there the energy levels are there they've looked better defensively they've looked more cohesive with the way that they pass the ball so I think what undermines that is the fact they've not been able to get the deals they want in the transfer window the fact that we're sat here in August and they're still talking about Frankie de Jong a, a transaction that started in May and I think that's a big problem for, for Murta and Arnold but I do think for the first time in years They've got a manager who actually looks like he wants to coach the team, and that can only be a well, that's that that is the the key thing, isn't it, Darren? And the fact is is that for Brighton, who they play on Sunday, possession has been nine tenths of the law for a very long time under Graham Potter. That is now the idea for Eric Ten Hag. Does that provide greater security to the back line as well? Um, I still think they're vulnerable. I looked at some of the goals that they conceded in pre-season and they still don't really look to me to be a defensively secure side. I think that there is there is something um, I don't want to say rotten because that's too dramatic a word but there, there is something at the core of this Manchester United side it might just be as simple as attitude that says to me that they will they could have a problem at the first sign of trouble I do think that those players that Crook mentioned will score goals, but at the back, I, I think they're vulnerable. I look at Brighton, um, they've been trying to solve their goal-scoring problem with Neil Mope, only scoring nine goals last season. They brought in Undav um, from uh, one of the Belgian clubs. Um, he scored 25 goals last season. Union Saint-Gilois, he scored 25 goals last season. I wonder if you might look at this as a game where he might be able to take advantage of the fact that United right now, to me, seem all over the place. Mm, This is Sunday. Um, Everton against Chelsea is Saturday at 5.30. Chelsea and Everton fighting it out for the Weird Window Award. Uh, Chelsea have approached every player in Europe and will end up with Sterling, Koulibaly, Chuck Wemaker, Kukurea probably. Any more? Anybody else? Or we just keep, keep making a list and then eventually get someone in the door. Um, Everton have signed two relegated players from Burnley uh, neither screams significant improvement or are we overreacting will top coaching save the day well where's the top coach at Everton I, I'm yet to see it to, oh, to be honest so, um... save for relegation <laughs> just I, I fear for Everton Darren does as well we've both predicted they'll go down I'm not convinced that Dominic Calvert-Lewin will be an Everton player after September the 1st. I think somebody might just come in and try and prize him away if they lose him and Richarlison. That's a big uh, source of goals that has, has left the building. They're still vulnerable defensively for me. I think Tarkovsky is a solid player, but again, he was a relegated player last year. Dwight McNeil's numbers at Burnley were poor. Um, so I think Frank Lampard has, has got big problems. I really do. Uh, Darren, you went on tour with uh, Chelsea, didn't you? Did they try to sign you as well? <laughs> 
Absolutely. Retweet if you've tried to be, if Chelsea have tried to sign you. Um, Chelsea look actually. The, in the early part of preseason, uh, they didn't look great, and then obviously they were dismantled by Arsenal. The manager that was the second game in a row they they uh, lost to FC Charlotte, and Tuchel was very unhappy with the commitment and the application. It was two games in a row where he talked about that. They've been slightly better since, and defensively, I think they'll be okay because I think Koulibaly. Get him in your fantasy team if you can. He's going to be an outstanding player this season. But I think they'll struggle for goals. And nothing about their business so far has said to me that this is going to be a better season goals-wise than last season. Yeah, that's been the problem for a couple of years now. Everton do have a uh, habit of upsetting uh, Chelsea, don't they? We'll see how that turns out. 5.30 on Saturday night, Sunday, Leicester against Brentford, part of the Sunday session. If you believe the press, and we know how Alex Crook now is now poacher turned gamekeeper, doesn't believe anything he reads in the press, even though he used to write most of it. Um, Leicester have no goalie, no players, no signings, and no hope. But the truth, Darren, is, well, almost just that. Um, They finished eighth last season. Can they finish higher this season? No, in a word, um, I want to try and make the case for them. But you know you, what you look to do every season is freshen things up, and it doesn't. It, it, they've lost players, but they haven't replaced them with anybody. They could yet lose James Madison uh, to Newcastle, possibly. Although I, my understanding is Spurs looked at him and have decided he's not for them. Um, and I don't know who's coming in. And if there were players coming in, they will not have had a preseason under their belt to bed themselves into the team. I think they'll be okay this season, but I can't see them breaking into the top seven, eight. It's one of those situations where if you um, are coming to come in and play for Leicester, it's okay if you haven't had a preseason, if it's one or two. But when you haven't signed a solitary player up mm-hmm. until now, you're talking about wanting three or four new faces. That isn't going to help, is it? I mean, they... You, you're not going to be ready to start the season in the form with which you'll need if you want to challenge a, a, a highly competitive top half of the table now. And the only way they get three or four new faces in the building is if they sell off part of the family silver. Uh, I don't think it will be Madison. I'm not convinced the Newcastle will revisit that one. I think they feel he's too expensive and, and they're trying to uh, stick to their financial fair play guidelines I think if they sell anybody, it will be Fafana to Chelsea. Uh, at the moment, the two clubs are... Or Barcelona, maybe. You know. In terms of a fee. But I think Chelsea, just out of necessity, really, and out of a bit of desperation, uh, will have to revisit that. Fafana clearly wants to leave. He's, he's making noises in the dressing room, as I understand it. He's removed being a Leicester City player from his social media biographies, which is a fairly wow. uh, big clue as to where he wants to go. And I think if they option. sell Fafana, they will reinvest. But... I mean, you're talking about top eight. They've got no chance to top eight. I, I think they'll struggle to finish in the top half, Leicester. Brentford are the opponents for Leicester. We should talk about them. They've signed Aaron Hickey, Ben Mee, Lewis Potter, King Lewis Potter. Uh, mainly defensive redeployments, but who's picking up the Ericsson mantle? That's a problem, um, I think. Um, and I think without him and his influence in the second half of last season, they may well have been in trouble in, in terms of the relegation places. Um, obviously Ivan Tony finished the season well but a lot of that was due to the fact he was working in partnership with Ericsson they've invested big but again I think with their signings they're taking a gamble we don't know if Keane Lewis Potter is a Premier League player we know he's done well in the AFL the same with with Hickey um, overseas I think Ben Mee if he can stay fit will bring a bit of steel to the defence but I think Brentford are one of those teams who will be looking over their shoulders 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. And the 2022-23 season is really off and running now on Talk Sport. And this is such a mouth-watering game in store for you. Edison has just played a fantastic pass down the field. Here is Alexander-Arnold on the right for Liverpool. Slides it into Joe Linton, lays it off neatly to Fraser on this near-touch line. Collected by uh, Mount, who's just short of the centre circle. Plays it out to the left, Rice down the left-hand side. Collected by Coutinho, into the edge of the box. That's a lovely ball with the outside of his boot. And Bakayo Saka now is free down the right-hand side. And he set Kane in here, left-hand side of the area. Edge of the penalty area, trying to get a shot away. It'll come for Mo Salah. And now Bruno Fernandes! Oh, oh, he's hit the post! It's come to Haaland! That is absolutely extraordinary! He races towards the away fans. He's mobbed by his teammates. You have just witnessed one of the goals of the season. Brilliant goal, brilliant goal. It's a privilege, it's a pleasure to be here to watch that. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the Premier League on TalkSport. What a big game to start your return to the Premier League. Newcastle against Nottingham Forest, Saturday, 3 o'clock. If either of these two clubs were going to spend money like a lottery winner in Harvey Nicks, your money was on Newcastle, wasn't it? Not Nottingham Forest. Wow. But it's Steve Cooper's men who, after being promoted back to the Premier League 23 years after relegation, are spraying money around like Floyd Mayweather Jr. Um, but there was a reason behind that. And they seem to have com- captured the imagination of not only the Forest fans, Darren, but a few neutrals as well. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody likes the work that Steve Cooper's done there. Um, they showed um, that they're not just a flash in the pan after they put Arsenal out of the FA Cup last season. They play a good game. They've recruited very intelligently indeed. Yes, Jesse Lingard was a, a huge surprise stroke coup. Uh, in terms of his acquisition, but you can see what Steve Cooper is trying to build. They'll play good football. They won't be lambs to the slaughter against a very good Newcastle side. It wouldn't even surprise me if they were to pull off a surprise win uh, this weekend. I think across the season, they'll be, they'll be good. It'll be difficult. This is a tough league and they might, it might be that they don't, they don't quite have enough goals or enough quality, but in terms of spirit and endeavour, they'll 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 win a few friends this season. They kept Brennan Johnson, which was important. Um, our Niwi from Union Berlin is someone who worked with Steve Cooper at Liverpool. 
Uh, Nico Williams, similar. Mangala, central midfielder from Stuttgart. Henderson really likes him. Dean Henderson spoke about him during the interview. He did quite an explosive interview with uh, Faker others this week. Um, Niakate, Omar Richards from Bayern Munich, Lingard, Henderson, plus many others as well. They've built a, a framework of a team. Blending that might be difficult, but Steve Cooper's used to getting a whole batch of new players every year from when he was working in the England age group teams, and he's very good at making them into a team very quickly at short notice. Do you want a bold prediction? Go on for it. First one of the season. Here we Fox go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lucy, get the jingle ready. Forest will finish in the top half. They could even push for a conference league place. Based on what, Crook? Based on the fact that Steve Cooper is a very good coach and you look at the journey they've been on since he got there, they've hardly lost a game since he took over at the start of last season. Again, I know the step up is, is massive and I'm sort of going against my own point. Uh, with regard to Jed Spence, I think they've made some intelligent signings. Despite what I've said publicly about Jesse Lingard, I think he will be a good addition to the squad. He will bring goals and assists. I think that the, the guy from uh, from Berlin, whose name I'm not going to try and uh, pronounce at this stage, I'll wait until I'm commentating a Forest game. I think he might be a bit of a surprise package um, and score some goals for them at I like Nico Williams as well. I think that will be a good addition. So it's almost like a whole new team. And I know that brings its problems. But as Sam said, that's the type of parameters that Steve Cooper is, is used to working under. Henderson is clearly a, a very good goalkeeper. Maybe not quite as good as he believes in his own head, but he will be a good addition as well. You've just, you've just, your just, justification is just basically reading it, reading out what I just read out about a minute ago. But I just think they're feel, the feel-good factor, you know, that they've had since Cooper came in that they'll have because they're back in the Premier League after 23 years away. It's an intimidating place to go. I think they'll be one of the, the, the success stories of the season. Okay. Brooke, uh, honestly, they, they are, they, 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 all of the things you've said, they've managed to achieve at a lower level. They are stepping up into the toughest league yeah. in the world. And you think that they are going to put together the consistency to finish in the top half of the table. There's precedent. Who's going to how many teams have we how many teams have we seen come out from the championship and have a really really good first season? Reading almost qualified for Europe in their first season. Yeah. Pompey did brilliantly in their first season under Harry Redknapp with Wolves. Teddy Sheringham scoring the goals. Wolves the all same. There is precedent. All of those seasons, the Premier League was weaker than it is now, and I need, I, I just want to ask who is going to score for them to be in the top half of the table. Someone has to get 10, 15 goals. Who's going to score those goals for them? I think Lingard will get goals from midfield and I think Johnson I think Johnson will score goals Johnson's a good player and, and, and I do think um, the Berlin boy as I'll call him Should we teach you how to say goals. it? Go on Awaniwi Awaniwi will get goals Okay Alright well, we'll I, I think this will be a running screen throughout the season right? We, we may, we'll make a stab or something oh, and make more work for Lucy Sorry Lucy Forest um, watch Forest watch, right? Because I, I, I listen. I Can you see the wood through the tricky trees? Let's call it that. <laughs> I respect his work, and and you know they've got honest pros and whatever else. Lovely club, but that's I'm patronising with honest pros, Darren. Come on, they are. Well, I don't want to be disrespectful about them and just dismiss them, but I think it will be tough. Still got two and games to do, lads. Sorry, quick quick word on Newcastle. I think they'll have a very good season as well. I think they've made some intelligent signings. Could be one or two more to come. And I think, again, the feel-good factor that has been emanating around the city, around St. James's Park, will, will, will give them a platform to build on as well. I think they'll finish top half. Yeah, FFP causing them a little bit of trouble. And they also don't want to get fleeced in the transfer market. So they're being a little bit cautious at this moment in time. But they've got a good coach. 
just like Nottingham Forest. Uh, Leeds and Wolves, 3 o'clock Saturday. They're tipped for relegation. Both of them tipped for relegation. Uh, Wolves, on the basis they've acquired little, although they've got Nathan Collins and picked up key injuries uh, to Jimenez and Jaquinha. Cody is apparently on the move, won't start the season. Leeds have signed only players that Jesse Marsh has coached before. Is that a good thing, Darren, that Marsh has been able to shape the team in his manner? Because his biggest issue at Leipzig when he took over was that he tried to do that and rapidly change the style. Here, he's expected to build on Bielsa not dismantle it. Well, I think the the fact that he kept them up is a huge Philip in his from his point of view because that's gone a little bit of a way to kind of consigning Bielsa Ball to the past. Bielsa Ball was too open. Some people remember it from memories, but it was too open. It, in it, at points, it was footballing suicide uh, because they, he was sticking to principles that were seeing them concede a, an average of three goals a game. I think they'll be defensively tighter. Rafinha and Phillips are big losses. But I, I think in terms of the way that he sets his team up, they'll be tougher to beat. Um, and it's almost like a new beginning for him because now that those dramas are over, he's got a squad of fully focused players. And I think they can get off to a good start with a win against the Wolves side, who, for whom I don't know where the goals are going to come from because they've got injuries in key places and they haven't really managed to strengthen as they would have preferred to. Someone told me that Podence was going to play as the false nine in the absence of uh, Jimenez. Um, Bournemouth against Aston Villa, Saturday, three o'clock. Aston Villa got a lot of business done early. They certainly needed a rocket after the end to last season where they fell off uh, a cliff. Ubakar Kamara, highly thought of. But 14th this season won't be tolerated, will it? No, it won't. And uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on um, Steven Gerrard going into this season because I don't think it went as well for him uh, last season as people expected. Yes, there were some good, uh, encouraging performances early on, but they sort of limped uh, over the line at the end of the season. He's been backed again in the transfer market. Villa, another club who got their business done early. I'm excited by Diego Carlos. I think he'll be a decent addition but I think it's the forward areas, actually. Um, Steven Gerrard not completely convinced on Danny Ings. That's not a move that's worked out particularly well. Ollie Watkins didn't hit the back of the net with the regularity last season that he did in the previous campaign. So there's a lot of pressure on people like Felipe Coutinho to supply the goals from midfield. I think they're a striker short of being a top-half team. OK, Darren, um, Bournemouth, 14th for them, would be an absolute dream. Yeah, it would, um, as far as... Um, uh, Scott Parker is concerned. It's two out of two in terms of promotions. My concern for them is that they don't have enough at the back. Yes, James Hill um, is a good player, uh, England under 21 international, um, but he's a prospect. The central midfielder Joe Rothwell looks like a good player, came from Blackburn where he did well last season. Ryan Fred- Fredericks is coming a free from West Ham as well. From well, he's come on a free um, after his contract was extended. Keith Lamore will get goals. Dominic Solanke is going to be the key player um, because obviously three goals in 18 months after he joined Blackburn from uh, Liverpool for 17 million pounds. He's done better over the last Almost two not seasons. Blackburn. Did I say Blackburn? Said Blackburn. But he's now got, I think it's 24 in 44 over the past two seasons in the championship. If he can transfer that form to the Premier League, even half of that form to the Premier League, I think he'll do well and they'll be okay. 
but I am concerned for them. Okay, I would ask a crooked question about Bournemouth, but he seems to have moved location. Why? What? You seem to have gone from outside in the garden where you started this podcast, and you've moved. You've taken us on a journey whilst Darren was talking. I can't believe he managed to keep his concentration because you went through in t- the entirety of Shea Crook, which is, looks like it's quite a big house, really. It took you so long to get through it. Uh, uh, moved yeah. into a different destination. Why? Uh, because I've got no outside power. So my, my laptop was running short on juice. I, I think Darren's made a lot of decent points. I think um, th- there's still a doubt about whether Dominic Solanke can translate the goals that he scored in the championship into the Premier League. If he does that, it gives them a fighter's chance. There's been some quite critical stuff uh, written by uh, one or two of Darren's newspaper colleagues this week about the, the, the summer and the lack of recruitment and the fact that actually Bournemouth really have, have signed players almost with one eye on the championship. I know they're working really hard behind the scenes to get more players in. They're, they're looking at the Barcelona goalkeeper, Neto, that could happen. There's a couple of uh, overseas-based central defenders. Nat Phillips is still on their list as well. So I think we can only really judge Bournemouth come September the 1st. And actually, if you look at their fixtures, after Aston Villa, they've got three games on the spin where they're going to struggle really to pick up points. I think that just buys them a little bit more time in the transfer window. I think this Aston Villa game is key. Uh, I think if they can get a a confidence boosting point out out of it, that would give them a nice springboard. I think we could do another 15 minutes here on this podcast. Is that all right, Crook? Have you got to get off? (laughs) I've I've noticed that you've started to gear up for something else. I mean, you sort of got to the end of the podcast and then just started, you know, doing your own thing. Are you you busy this (laughs) afternoon? Is there something going on? so there I, I, I'm off to see Scott Parker actually okay um, ahead of oh, the no, no wonder he's sucking up to him there I noticed that <laughs> even though you slagged uh, him off for two years before he became the Bournemouth manager and now he's your best mate yeah go on I tell you what this has been a me very da- feisty me and Darren got, got, got season, all sorts of abuse for I got abuse for saying he was a good manager and you said oh just because he wears a nice suit and comes there and now he's your best buddy yeah go on anyway so where else, what else are you doing are you doing White and Jordan or something is that what you're gearing up for which is why you're plugging yeah. your yeah, doing White and Jordan. Uh, <laughs> Can we delay uh, that somehow? Can we disrupt that just for a laugh? <laughs> well, you, you've both been a very disruptive influence this morning, to be honest. You, you know, like a couple of unruly school kids, Darren in particular. Well, if you could do us a favour next time and actually do the podcast from somewhere where, you know, you're supposed to do it from like a little studio, a little room or something like that, rather than uh, going outside and sitting there trying to top up your tan. Because basically what <laughs> I've noticed is, is that during the podcast, you're outside in the garden chilling out and now you're going on with Simon and uh, Jim. You're like, oh, I better go inside and do it in a nice environment. That's not true, actually. I'm going to get some juice and I'm going to go back uh, to the garden because there's six kids in the house at the moment and I'm trying to escape them. Oh, we love the school holidays. Keep it in your pants then. Right, okay. Speak to you later. Uh, Alex, thank you very much. Darren, thank you very much. Uh, We will see you on uh, Monday morning when you wake up. All of us will be back on Monday when you wake up uh, with the best review of the action. Game day, remember, starts on Friday with Palace against Arsenal live on TalkSport. We've got a Saturday commentary for you uh, from Fulham, Liverpool and Tottenham, Southampton as well on the home of live football, TalkSport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.